you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Super Wild Card Weekend. It wraps up tonight. Kyler Murray and the Cardinals head into SoFi home of Super Bowl 56 to take on Matthew Stafford and those Rams. It's an NFC West showdown to shut it down. Wild Card Weekend. Who survives? Who advances to the divisional round? Their winner of this one has a one-way ticket to... Tampa to face the reigning Super Bowl champion Buccaneers Cardinals Rams tonight at 8.15 p.m. Eastern on ABC and ESPN. Welcome to Good Morning Football. We're here. We are tired. We are excited. So much football and one game to go. Welcome to our show and thank you for choosing us and trusting us with your highlights and your Wild Card Weekend analysis this morning. My name is Kay Adams, Peter Schrager, back from L.A., Kyle Brandt, back from Buffalo. (laughs) And Emra, where are you coming to us from? Um, Richmond, Virginia. Virginia, an airplane early this morning. Mm-hmm. No bag. What? Really? Tired. Okay. It's all good, though. The Bills won, so yes, I'm, 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 right. I'm fabulous. This they morning. won, and the Chiefs, I was worried about them winning, know, at least right? in the beginning. But we're <laughs> going to start there with our uh, Sunday nightcap as far as highlights go, Kyle. Let's do it. Chiefs felt like the last band to come out at Coachella in the big font. Yeah. Here we go. Bring them out. After the madness that ended in the Cowboys-Niners, we needed something calming. And there's Ben. Take the field for the last time. Signs everywhere in my home's like, that's cute. I'm about to unleash. And uh, so it was really exciting for a minute when the Steelers got up 7-0. You thought you might witness some kind of crazy history. And then look in the waning seconds of the first half. 21-7. to Now we got all kinds of high Big boy! Guys, the game's not over. The highlight's not over. Now we got this. That's Travis Kelsey at quarterback who fakes, who fakes the jump and pass. And threw a slant? Yes. I missed this one. Oh, my God. Wow. So that's that Kelsey. becomes play. the first wide tight end to have 100 yards receiving, catch a touchdown, and throw a touchdown ever. It's never happened before. And we say thank you, Ben, as he walks off inevitably for the last time. And this one did not go their way at all. Excitement early. Roethlisberger didn't get a couple of scores late, but this was Chiefs, 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 Chiefs. Yes. Let's hear from Patrick Mahomes. Pat, you had five touchdown <laughs> passes. That, five. Look at that and line. now you got a date with the Bills. Take it away, Mahomes. It's pretty cool. I mean, uh, when you have guys that are just making plays and you're throwing I throw a little uh, check down route to Kelsey and he runs for like 40 and then you kind of get the momentum going and you got guys that when they get one-on-one that are scoring touchdowns, it, it's, a, it's a great feeling as a quarterback because when you look at the guy that you want to throw it to and they're wide open all you have to do is uh, make the throw and let, let him make the catch so it's definitely a great feeling we showed that we can always be explosive that's that's who we are we, we're going to make big plays happen if we get the looks um and i think over this season we've we've learned to be patient as well and so uh to be able to do both of those things is what it's going to take in order for us to get where we want to get to 
Michael Robinson, our Super Bowl champion, likes that Super Bowl champion's Prada yes, jacket. He uh, likes the win, of course. Travis Kelsey, congrats to him. His mom, Donna, who was at the game. We'll get to that. The divisional round matchups are in the AFC are set. The number one seed Titans who are taking a breather, taking a break. They have a bye. Now they will take on Cincinnati, that one in Nashville on Saturday. And those Kansas City Chiefs will host the Buffalo Bills at Arrowhead. <laughs> right? Divisional <laughs> round. <laughs> what a game. I can't. I'm like delirious from this past. We, we have we get bills and <laughs> Chiefs and Arrowhead. Woo! Uh, takeaway, guys. Let's start with the Chiefs here. Takeaway from Kansas City's blowout win against the Steelers. You know, finally, finally ending this uh, really a magical adversity-filled season mm-hmm. for Pittsburgh. Yeah, and it was never going to happen for the Steelers. But at one point, it felt like it was. They were up seven nothing with about four minutes left to go <laughs> in in the second quarter, and Watt is chirping, and High High Smith is all over the field, and then the Chiefs just did what they used to do. In an instant. Yep. Three touchdowns that came very quickly, and it was like, oh my gosh, they're back. McKinnon on the shovel pass. That was a good one. And then you have the next one. They get the ball right back. Third and seven. Mahomes, woo! Pringle back in the end zone, touchdown. There's this weird thing where the Steelers were trying to get to halftime, but they left just enough time on the clock. They get a sack. Kelsey, no, this is third and 20 with less than a minute left. It's a backbreaker. It's the game. You know, Josh Allen and the Bills put on this show. They did things historically on Saturday night. And it was almost like Andy Reid said, wait, 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 wait. I don't want to hear anything more about Brian Dable and Josh Allen. Look what I did. A running back had a receiving touchdown. A wide receiver had a receiving touchdown. A tight end had a receiving touchdown. An offensive lineman had a receiving touchdown. And a tight end threw a pass for a touchdown. Not so fast, Buffalo. Not so fast, Josh Allen. We got a bag of tricks, too. Kansas City, for the first time all season, from about the five-minute mark of the first half on, looked like the Chiefs of old. And it's five Six and a half days away. I cannot wait for Bill's Chiefs because both of these offenses look their very best in the biggest of games this weekend. Both of these offenses are explosive. Both of these offenses have, to me, 1A and 1B when you talk about the best quarterback arm talents in the National Football League and Josh Allen and uh, Patrick Mahomes. But when you look at this game, man, the Kansas City Chiefs, they're just a better team, and they showed it. When you look at the playmakers, first of all, you got Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. You know you have to defend those guys. Always. Always. But Jarek McKinnon, guys, I cannot explain. I cannot talk about this kid enough. I'm so happy for him. He came off an injury with the Niners, all of those things. Was out last year, got hurt. But what he had, 18 touches, 142 scrimmage yards. And I think he had two touchdowns, one rushing, one receiving, whatever the case may be. But whenever the Pittsburgh Steelers defense dropped back, guarded all that speed, guarded Tyreek Hill, guarded Travis Kelsey, uh, Byron Pringle, all the speed that they have on the outside, the check down is another explosive threat. This is the element of this offense I've been waiting to see, right? Whenever Patrick Mahomes doesn't have something downfield and he decides to check the ball down, Jarek McKinnon is an explosive guy. He ran the ball great between the tackles. He had great acceleration on screens. And if this kid continues to ascend, I don't know how you stop this offense. Love my Buffalo Bills. I think they have probably the best defense in the league this year when you talk about scoring defense and total defense. But this kid's going to be, Jarek McKinnon's going to be matched up with linebackers, man. I'm not so sure we have a guy, and I say we, I'm talking about the Buffalo Bills, that can match up with that kid. Kyle. Kelsey said right after the game the Bills probably the best defense in the league. We got to work it out for us immediately on the field afterwards. McKinnon looks clean in that number one, too. <laughs> 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 there was a period of about 8 o'clock yesterday when we were uh, 8 p.m. We were all still hallucinating from Dak Prescott running downfield with yeah. a few seconds yeah. left. Oh, and then we turn on this game and we see T.J. Watt running with the, through the arrowhead night. We're like, oh, my God, this, this, the whole thing is going incredible. <laughs> What's happening? And then Peter said it. They're like, no, no, no. 
and it was over, and that was the Chiefs. You know they say any given Sunday? I don't think it is. I think if this team played 10 times mm. against each other, I think the Chiefs win all 10. It's just the Steelers were barely resembling a team. They were have a great player in T.J. Watt and a few other players and just a quarterback who was just on empty. They got to the playoffs. that felt like this Herculean effort. I think they lose 10 times out of 10 and just pray for the Bills and the Chiefs because that's what we need. So let's go. Can we play it now? <laughs> let's go. Can we go? Enough with we the Steelers. Bills, Chiefs. Now against the Bills, the Chiefs can't start slow like they no. did last night right. at all. But once they started clicking and the offense started going, it was Patrick Mahomes at the height of his mm-hmm. power. Something And their offense has been good this year and different. We talked about Tyreek Hill, what they've done differently with him just as an offense. But, I mean, it was... 2019 Kansas City Chiefs playoffs at a certain point, man. and they really had it going. So credit to the the guys like Demarcus Robinson, who had a, I think a season high in catches. Hardman had a really big play. He was really big for Talk them to wrap it. up their season. So I want to give him some. We're always looking for that other guy to step up with Travis Kelsey yep. and alongside Tyreek Hill to get it going. McKinnon, like you talked about, the defense was really really good. Can't start this low offensively against the Bills, but if they're if Mahomes plays like he played when they got in rhythm against anyone. I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Super Tough, scary. You know. I can't wait. We've got more highlights to get to. We will get to Dak Prescott and the running and the ref and all of that. But let's bring in Ian Rappaport right now before we jump to some more highlights. Ian, good morning to you. One more Super Wild Card game to go tonight in the NFC West. But it is likely the end of a Hall of Fame career for Ben Roethlisberger after falling to those Chiefs last night at Arrowhead. What are the Steelers looking to do at the quarterback position this offseason? I'd love to know their plans. Okay, you have two sides of this. You have Ben Roethlisberger who's going to go home and presumably is already home and is going to go play with his kids in the snow. Then you have the Pittsburgh Steelers who now need to find the next Roethlisberger, and I took a look at some of the options going forward, talked to a couple sources informed of the situation. Here's the way it is laid out. The Steelers almost never trade a first-round pick for a player. In fact, Kevin Colbert has done it one time in 20 years. The outgoing general manager who is expected to retire after the draft almost always builds through the draft. So if we assume that it would be very un-Steeler-like to trade uh, multiple first-round picks for say, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, something like that, Then let's focus on what the Steelers have and what the Steelers are looking to have. They do have Mason Rudolph, who they gave an extension to last year, who's been in their system for a long time. They have Dwayne Haskins, who Mike Tomlin really likes. Both of those guys will have a chance to compete, from what I understand, for the starting quarterback job. Then you look at the draft. They have a mid-first rounder. Uh, Kenny Pickett, there's going to be some good draftable quarterbacks in the first round. I know it's a little bit of a down year, but certainly players who are good enough to go in one. Kenny Pickett's a name to watch. Uh, He goes to Pitt. They share a facility with the Steelers. They've done a lot of homework on him. It's easy to have those conversations. They've seen him in person. Not saying that's going to be the guy, but there's a lot to like between those two parties, I would say. They would have planned on this ahead of time, but somehow Kenny Pickett's name's coming up in a shallow (laughs) draft at the quarterback spot. It's sort of fascinating to see what this storied franchise, and I'm not questioning. I know better. I know, but I'm not going. To, I'm not saying anything against. I'm not doing. I say one more year for Ben, okay? One more year. Don't do and you it. Never know, no. As Gronk says, retirement not a thing. Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Brady's 34 postseason wins is more than all wild card QBs, guys. That's a wild stat for you. Rob Gronkowski, back of the end zone, wide open. You didn't. You didn't even see a Philadelphia Eagles defender in the frame. That's not good. Jalen Hurts drops back the pass. Throws it up. Great interception by Shaq Barrett. KB, he trying to score, huh? Angry Pick runs. six. That's it. Why not? Get in there. Let's do it. Ensuing Buccaneers drive. Tom Brady finds Mike Evans. Is like, I'm the number one guy around here. Antonio, who? Buccaneers win big, guys. 31-15. to 15. Evans' franchise record 
Nine receptions, 117 yards in a TD. Bruce Arians and Tom Brady, they got something to say. Yeah, it's like once Tom figures you out, man, you're in trouble. And uh, the win didn't even affect him at all. And uh, he was extremely accurate on the right guys. I mean, that, that was a dime he threw to Mike for that long touchdown. And uh, yeah, he's a surgeon, man. I mean, once he figures you out and, and we can put him in a position and protect him, he's going to eat you up. We ran the ball really well. Line played great. Receivers played great. Tight ends played great. So used a lot of different people, and um, everyone got in there. Made some plays to help the team win. Defense played great. Special teams was amazing. So we're going to need it again next week. It only gets tougher from here. How impressed were you with the statement made by those Buccaneers yesterday, Peter? They're awaiting their opponent in the divisional round. Yeah, the storyline going in is that, hey, the Eagles do the one thing that might scare the Bucs. They run it down your throat. They're tough. All day. This was never a game. 31 to nothing never at one game. point. And the Bucs right now are the most under-discussed team in the league. Can you explain why? In the NFC. Laying in the weeds. Why is that? Laying in the weeds. No one wants to talk about I don't know. Is there Brady fatigue? Yeah. Is it the Buccaneers exactly are a small market? Is it because they're bringing injuries? back all the same guys? Is it because the injuries? I don't know. Gio Bernard looked pretty good yesterday like Bucks are hosting the winner of the, the Cardinals and the Rams like Bucks could be playing in the NFC Championship in the Super Bowl and then winning the Super Bowl and be like oh the Bucks are good again I totally <laughs> forgot that's how it feels right now and Brady he's listening to everything I, I completely agree with you like they just destroyed the Eagles. This was never a game for five seconds. The, the worst case scenario played out in which the Bucks score early. And then that first drive of the Eagles, three and out punt. Ball game. It, it felt like a wrap. So they get the Rams or the Cardinals next week and beat them. Is everyone going to be like, yeah, now they're, I don't know. I, I feel like it's until they inevitably play Green Bay, apparently, mm-hmm. in the title yep. game or go to the Super Bowl and be like, oh, now we can pay attention. It's like when the, you know, the Oscars come out. It's like, oh, Merrill, yeah, we get it. Like, there's a fatigue. Brady again. Effortless destruction of this Philadelphia team effortless 31 to nothing like you said just never ever in doubt and yet like even still someone asked me the other day they're like so what do you think you think the world champs run it back and i had this moment of panic where i'm like who was the world champs who won the super bowl last year (laughs) oh yeah buccaneers i don't know maybe sure um this game is instantly forgettable philadelphia did a great job getting in but um tampa let's say just cardinals next week and they win 23 to 16 it's still gonna be like yeah whatever they're in the title game and when do we wake up Kay, what do you think? Are you awake on him? I'm awake, and I can't believe they did it without Leonard Fournette because I was really worried okay. about that. He was a reason of concern, I think, reasonably concerned to not have him after he was such a huge factor and focal point in them getting into the playoffs and winning it last year. You know who's never gotten the Merrill treatment? And maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's never had that crazy 1,600-yard seasons. It's Mike Evans. Like mm-hmm. we. The hardest thing to do in the NFL is to be consistent, but we never want to talk about consistency because it's not sexy. We'd rather talk about inconsistent BS instead. He was awesome in this one, 117 yards and a touchdown to nine catches, completely dominant. Don't tell me he can't be the Devontae Adams, Cooper Mm -hmm. Cup, DeAndre Hopkins level force to take over a game. And to me, this was, we don't need Godwin. We love him. We don't need Antonio Brown. Guess what? Mike Evans going to do it all. More highlights ahead right here on Good Morning Football. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good morning, football! 
Super Wild Card Weekend wraps up tonight. Kyler Murray and the Cardinals head into SoFi Stadium to take on Matthew Stafford and the L.A. Rams that defense these coaches. Woo! An NFC West showdown to wrap up a wild, wild card weekend. Who survives? Who advances to the divisional round? It is Cardinals Rams. The winner gets to go face Tom Brady. Ooh. <laughs> nice um, this one prize. tonight, yeah, at 8:15 p.m. <laughs> Eastern on ABC and ESPN on the AFC side. The divisional round matchups. They're set. They're cemented. Let's go. Number one seed Titans. They've been taking it easy, chilling. Well, they get to welcome Cincinnati to town. That one on Saturday. Mm, are you? I yeah. feel like the Titans get we'll, no we'll love. No love. I'm a little nervous. Perfect. Really? Wow, we got to get into this. The Kansas City Chiefs host the Buffalo Bills at Arrowhead on Sunday. And welcome, everyone, to Good Morning Football. Thank you so much for choosing us this morning. We're live in New York City. We've got highlights. We've got analysis. We'll be dishing out our game balls, head scratchers. There are plenty of those over the last two days of football. My name is Kay Adams. We've got Peter Schrager, Kyle Brandt, and Super Bowl champion Michael Robinson Peace. here. Time for the lead block. Lead block. Let's go. Let's go to Cowboys, 49ers, and Big D. Fourth career playoff start for Dak Prescott. But of course, it's all about these logos, right? It's the Niners, it's the Cowboys, it's nostalgia. And there's Jimmy G looking like Tom Brady doing the run down Let's the go. field. Let's cut right to the fourth quarter. Second 11, Garoppolo had been Don't playing pretty it, well. <laughs> Anthony Brown he with the it. interception. And now could the Cowboys capitalize? They do. Dak Prescott looking, looking, rolls to his left, scrambles, touchdown. We got a one score game. All right, let's go. All right, things get a little tricky here. Let's go fast forward it all the way to this point here. Third and 10. The Niners, of course, remember Kyle Shanahan was the architect of 28 to 3. There's a lot of stuff going on here. Can you put a team away in the playoffs? Looks like Debo gets the first down, right? They would review it. He was short. And on the short, they would say, okay, let's go for it again. On fourth and one, there was a delay of game. So they pumped in the ball back to Dallas. Dallas gets the ball with 32 seconds remaining. And in just about 10 seconds, Dak Prescott takes him about 30 yards. Then it comes to this. Second and one, fourth quarter, 14 seconds left. And Dak's running. He's scrambling. Get down, Dak. Get down, Dak. Okay, hurry to the line. Hurry to the line. He's going to spike the ball. You're going to get one more pass. Okay, the ref is coming. He's bound. It. Clock it two, one. Wait, there's zero, zero, zero. Wait, no, 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 no. There's time left. No, there's not. There's, there's got to be time left. <laughs> say, hey, be, no, there's not. No, the Mike is saying yes. Dak is like, no, 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 no. There's no, at least the ball three down. seconds when I said We slid practice up. this every week. Yeah. And I the put ref, the ball down. The ref says the game's over, and he's running off the field. Yes. What hey. happened here? Oh, okay. Boy. Time's ticking. The official has to officially spot the ball. Look at the game clock. The official has to do that. Not Dak Prescott. There was no time left. The 14 seconds left. Dak decides they got to scramble it to get a better pass attempt. Hand the ball to the official. That's all you got to do. A lot of things they could have done. Yeah. In the end of the day, they almost got too cute with it. 23 to 17, Shanahan, Garoppolo, and the 49ers, who are up huge in this game, escape with a victory. But no one's talking about the Niners' win. They're talking about the Cowboys' loss. Let's hear from the quarterback, Dak Prescott, and the head coach, Mike McCarthy, about all that went into that final sequence. Looking at it now, I could say, yeah, I could have went down five yards earlier, but thought I'd got us in position and thought I had time left to clock the ball, as I said, and something that we've practiced over and over and was going to be able to get into a last-place scenario. Do you want to be running a Hail Mary play from the 50-yard line or you want to be running five verticals from the 25-yard line? So that's the decision. It's the right decision. You know, it's just like anything. It's the execution between us and the officiating spot in the ball obviously wasn't in tune, wasn't, you know, we shouldn't have had any problem getting the ball spotted there. Just, just, is that the quote you're looking for? 
We'll see what happens. The future of Mike McCarthy, it's certainly up for debate. We know half of the divisional round matchups in the NFC. Let's take a look at this first. The Niners taking on the one-seed Green Bay Packers. A lot of history between these two in the postseason, and it favors the Niners side of things. That one on Saturday at Lambeau. And the winner of tonight's Cardinals-Rams matchup faces the defending champion Bucks, who looked great with Tom Brady to Mike Evans. Every other play, that one on Sunday in Tampa. Now, the Cowboys season is done. It's toast. This is a team that was built to win a Super Bowl. The expectation was there. They paid their quarterback to win a Super Bowl. I picked him as my MVP, and it is just over. It is over in their first playoff game. What went wrong for Dallas on Super Bowl weekend? But, Kyle, it's bigger than Super Bowl weekend, obviously, too. Well, you see, there's 14 seconds left in the game, Mm -hmm. and they had no time. I've watched (laughs) this now 50 times since it happened, and I still cannot believe that a group of paid professionals said, let's run quarterback right up the middle, right up the middle of the field with no timeouts in 14 seconds. You know what? The Niners didn't even do the thing where they laid on them. them. They got, they got right up. They, they, like, they could have, and they could have bought themselves another second. Wouldn't even been this close. The Niners did their job, I guess. Cowboys failed in every single situation. And Mike McCarthy afterwards says, "I like the call, Mike. You would do that again. Oh, okay. You would have it come down to 50 different elements, including yeah. officials' uh, cardiovascular health and manual dexterity to get the ball spotted. Free asinine decision." And you know what? Like this, this is the headline and everything. The worst part is that this Dallas Cowboys team, in the broader sense, so you have the the highest paid quarterback ever. You got a very expensive wide receiver. You got a very expensive running back. You drafted C.D. Lamb, and I'm looking in the fourth quarter of a home playoff game up at the scoreboard, and Dallas Cowboys have seven points. Mm-hmm. Mm. What the hell is that? Dalton Schultz is the guy who led them in yards. The thing seems completely broken. He didn't catch a ball in the fourth quarter. Either. Nothing. Zeke Elliott stuffed. Like always, this team is this cavalcade of all-stars. They have seven points in a home playoff game against a team that snuck into the playoffs. And I just, I'm at at wit's end. This is such a yawn for me that the Cowboys lost again because it's another year of like, they win some games, they sell a lot of jerseys, they fill a lot of TV segments, and we obsess over them. And we obsess over them because of the past, and we obsess over them because of their relationship with the media, and then the football's never good. They don't do squat every single year for a bleeping quarter century. I don't want to do it next year. Like, play this clip of all of us talking next year because it's going to be the same thing 26 years of we're the cowboys and that was what that was and that was in glorious glorious fashion of uh, that decision making the end of the game and just terrible it's terrible real mondays with kyle brand yeah it was oh gosh tough. it was tough kb and you're and you're absolutely right i think we get frustrated sometimes with dallas cowboys because you're right they mismanaged the end of this game and Something I said going into that game was they had to make sure they established their identity. What is the Cowboys' identity? It used to be running the football. They started this game throwing the football. Is it Dak Prescott pushing the ball downfield? Obviously, he missed 20 passes. Obviously, that may not work. Mm -hmm. The strength of this team, in my opinion, obviously they have guys on the outside, but the strength of this team, to me, has always been the offensive line. You got to lean on those guys. Those guys are big, strong dudes. Between the two main running backs, Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, 16 rushes, Mm -hmm. 45 yards. 2.8 yards per carry. That's criminal. Okay, again, you have to know exactly who your team is. I don't think the Dallas Cowboys offensively has a style. I don't think they have an identity. And to me, that's why you saw the penalties. That's why you saw Dak Prescott that really was gun-shy a little bit earlier in that game, couldn't make the plays, and that's why you saw an offensive coordinator not knowing how to call the game at the end of the game. The Dallas Cowboys didn't have an identity. Mm.
Yeah, look, I'm going to jump in here too, and it's because of what you're saying, Kyle. We put a lot of stock into the Cowboys. We talk a lot mm -hmm. about Dak. We talk a lot about CeeDee Lamb. We talk a lot about that star. We dealt with Hard Knocks all August where we are talking, then the Super Bowl team. And then they are what they are. Like, this is what this team was all season. They lost to good teams all year. They only won one game against a team that had 10 wins or more. And anytime there was a big opponent on a big stage in their building, they lost. On Thanksgiving, they lost to the Raiders at home. Okay. A couple of weeks ago against the Cardinals, they lost at home. And then here come the 49ers, and they're just the first few drives are just walking up and down the field. It's hard to come back from that. You got the full Cowboys experience because they give you just enough to think, like, oh my God, they're going to pull this out. And then they let you down in the end. Mm -hmm. The truth of it is, the penalties crushed them all afternoon. They were horrendous discipline. Penalties, all types of penalties. They had 100 yards of penalties. They were the most penalized team in the NFL this year. Mm. They had 127 flags against them. This is who they are. They're not disciplined. There's always a situation where the special teams coach Fossil is looking oddly at McCarthy and McCarthy looked confused at yeah. Fossil and we got the fake punt but then the very next play we're keeping the punt team out there because we want to get even cuter. Like this is what they are and that's what they were and they're a wild card team that fell short and their quarterback had a miscommunication with either the offensive coordinator or the head coach and were left here scratching what could have been. And yes, Mike McCarthy afterwards got the vote of confidence from Jerry Jones, but like at any point did you think that they were going to outwit Kyle Shanahan in that game? I didn't. I don't know. Uh, Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore are going to get interviews this week, but that certainly isn't the game I would point to from either side and be like, look, we put our best football on paper, no, and I kind of expected that. I picked the Niners all week. I didn't yeah. waver, and I think a lot of us did in the media. And it was because the Niners, I don't. I trust them more in a big spot. I picked them to win the Niners, but I was surprised that the, the offense was just so strange. Like the first eight weeks of the season, Kellen Moore was creative and, and did his thing. It's just a strange world where you have – Cedric Wilson Jr. garnering more looks and targets than you than CD Lamb out there. It just doesn't make any sense to me. And I talked about Dalton Schultz as a, a fantasy player on Friday, thinking like, yeah, whatever, he'll get for him to be your leading receiver when you have Cooper and Lamb, it just boggles my mind. You mentioned the run game. The defense could barely keep the Niners off of the field. It was a mess. It was disappointing because we expect so much more from you. Cowboys. Cowboys owner Jerry Jones spoke with reporters after the game about their roster and what the expectations were this season. When you get this combination of players together, you need to uh, have success because we all know how it goes in the NFL. The whole thing is set up to take away from the best and add to the ones that need improvement. And personnel-wise, I think we have one of the best. So there's Mike McCarthy to discuss here, Shrake, and there's also, of course, Kellen Moore, who's interviewing. Yeah, I, from everything I'm hearing, that Mike McCarthy is safe and that they're going to keep rolling with Mike McCarthy. But I, I think it's fair to think, hey, last night that team was outcoached. And to your point about CeeDee Lamb, everyone in the world knew the ball was going to Debo Samuel. But Mike McDaniel and Kyle Shanahan worked on a game plan all week to mm -hmm. get Debo Samuel the rock. And it was like, let's hand it to him early. CeeDee Lamb has that ability. And for him to not be targeted, for him to not be a part of the game plan, for the one play he had to have the penalty because he wasn't lined upright on offense, it's like, create an offense for CeeDee Lamb to no, get him. Sometimes you, sometimes you have to find a way to say, that's our best player, get him the ball. And the Cowboys offense at no point yesterday felt like there was any urgency to get CeeDee Lamb involved. It's a, it's a whole team built on superficiality and fame and front runners and selling jerseys, and they have glass jaws oh, in the playoffs every year. They're fat with no urgency, huh? That's what you're oh, saying? Yeah. What, but, Mike, what are they? We, we pound Zeke. No, you don't. We, we bring in CeeDee Lamb. You didn't get him the ball. Like, you just lost him the wild card round at home. It's, it's frustrating because we talk about him so much because that's what you do, and I understand it. But fans at home are like, why are you always talking about the Cowboys? I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't. <laughs> I don't know.
Ian Rappaport will leave it there. We'll talk about the Cowboys season. It's over. And so the Cowboys assistant coaches are continuing to interview for those eight positions. I mentioned what is the latest with Dan Quinn and the aforementioned Kellen Moore, especially given the decision making at the end. Yeah, there may be some change in the Cowboys coaching staff, but I'm with Schrager. I don't sense anything with Mike McCarthy. Could get some movement, though, when it comes to assistant coaches and Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator. I know he had a tough start yesterday, but certainly held it down throughout the game. One of the better defensive coordinators in the NFL. He's emerged as one of the more popular head coach candidates, and he's got several teams that have been waiting to interview him. And Cowboys loss is bad for the Cowboys, but definitely not bad for the teams wanting to hire a head coach. The Denver Broncos, a team that I would say, as colleague Tom Pelissero mentioned this weekend, I would consider Dan Quinn one of the front runners there. They would like to interview him. The Chicago Bears, the Miami Dolphins, uh, the Minnesota Vikings put in a request for him. All those teams are waiting for Dan Quinn. The fact that his team lost, probably good for them. Meanwhile, for Kellen Moore, who, of course, is the play caller, called the final play with Mike McCarthy's okay, as basically every play calling situation, he is also a, a hot candidate. And I think what we do, Kay, is we sort of take too much from what you see on the field in playoff games. And like, no, this doesn't invalidate Kellen Moore as a head coach candidate because being a head coach is so much more than just about play calling. But he has several teams waiting for him as well. The Denver Broncos, the Miami Dolphins, and then the Minnesota Vikings over the weekend requested more as well. Looking forward to ownership asking him these questions about big spots and how you're not able to get the ball yeah. in the hands of your best playmaker, C.D. Lamb. I think it's, it was really telling what went on yesterday. You know, we appreciate the reports all around. Up next, we've got more highlights for you, of course. One game tonight to go to wrap up Super Wild Card Weekend. It's Rams and Cardinals, but the Niners pulled off a win in Dallas as we just showed you keys to their success. You know what, Niners? You're awake now, and we're going to give you the love. Yeah. We're giving the love after the break. Let's go. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Bucks waiting to see who they host, of course. we got to watch that game tonight between the Rams and the Cardinals. Uh, and, yeah, then we'll find out who plays next Sunday in Tampa Bay. But which quarterback do you guys think for tonight needs to step up more? Because I love them both. They both are so talented, but they are both <laughs> reckless in different ways, but also kind of the same ways. So what do you got? Yeah, I mean, the Rams pushed their chips all the way in back in March when they said, Jared Goff can get us to the divisional round every single year, and that's fine. But can he get us to a Super Bowl Lombardi Trophy presentation. No, he can't. So they traded all these first-round picks. They traded Goff. They ate most of Goff's salary, and they said, give us Matthew Stafford, 32 years old, who's never won a playoff game. Well, here we are going into a divisional round game, and the resume that Stafford's putting is a lot of passing yards, which he always does, but he also had a ton of pick sixes this year, and I, he cannot throw pick sixes tonight. This He cannot mm. give points to this Arizona team. Matthew Stafford was... Jekyll and Hyde this season, and at, at, at the hope and the expectation in Los Angeles is that got it out of his system, and here we go, Super Bowl run. But if the Rams, and this is being very dramatic, but if the Rams don't even make it to the divisional round where they got there with Jared Goff time and time again, I think there's some serious questions whether the trade 
A, was successful, and B, who was on the right side of it? Because Detroit's got a ton of first-round picks moving forward, and they're all the Rams. Was it um, worth it? Was it worth it? So I think Stafford has the world on his shoulders today and the world on that arm. If he doesn't throw a pick six, they can win this game. If he does, I find it hard they can because mm -hmm. Arizona's got too much offensive firepower. I cannot wait for this one. Monday night playoff game. Yeah. Crazy. It sounds it's, it's dope, man. Um, and it sounds crazy to say it's a Monday night game in a, in a playoff uh, situation. But, you know, I'm with you, Peter. I mean, Stafford, he was brought there to be the difference in this offense. He was brought there to be the arm talent that you don't necessarily need a run game or a play action pass game to be able to manipulate the defense. And Matthew Stafford shows that at times. But I just <laughs> those pick sixes, the interceptions, the, the the bad decision making is what's holding this offense back. But I'm going to flip this. I'm going to flip the script and go to Kyler okay. Murray in this Arizona uh, Cardinals offense. They got to get more explosive. Early in the season, they were such an attacking type of an offense. I mean, right? you had Kyler Murray uh, running the football. You had him, you know, going 80 yards for, for, for a touchdown, things like that. He was throwing the ball deep to A.J. Green early in the season. Explosiveness, right? You know, he had 17 uh, touchdown passes in the first seven weeks of the season, right? The last seven weeks, he only had seven. This offense, Cliff Kingsbury, they have to get back to that attacking nature because when Kyler Murray's running the football, like he did in 2020, I mean, in 2020, almost a thousand yards rushing. When he's running the football, the defense plays him different. That's when you get the one-on-ones on the outside. So I just hope that Cliff Kingsbury is gonna attack this Los Angeles Rams defense because if they don't, I just think, I just think they're gonna get smothered. There's just mm -hmm. too much talent on that Rams defense. Mm -hmm. I hear you, Mike, and I have to take and flip the script back. <laughs> there's, there's hellfire if he loses this game. Yeah. If he throws a couple picks or throws one late, he's never won a playoff game. No quarterback has ever started more games in NFL history without a playoff win. It's getting odd. It's like like the 40-year-old the virgin. Like, there's this thing that, that needs to happen. It's so, happened. You know, like, what the hell? I, I lived a normal Charlie life, Fox and I'm trying to be nice. And, like, I, and I, tonight is prom night for Stafford. Like, this this is – you lose this game again, and, Peter, you're way underselling, I think, the, the optics of the, yeah. of the golf trade is that not only did you not get the Super Bowl, you didn't even get as far as Jared did. Wild card exit with two picks. Again, hypothetical. Maybe he throws for 500 yards tonight. But, you know, you look over the season, played really well against Houston, played really well against Jacksonville. Like, how are you going to do in the playoffs? Because you are the all-time leader in starts without a playoff win, and that is a heavy, heavy albatross to wear as a professional athlete. It's unbelievably unique species that he is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everybody loves him as the players. He has huge champions in the media. Great person, great citizen, great athlete. Who cares? This is a meritocracy. <laughs> you go on the field and you win. This is not the citizenship award. So, like... My God, Matthew Stafford, win the game tonight so I don't have to Sorry. kick you in the shins again tomorrow because I'm tired of <laughs> doing know. it. It's so grossly overused by me, but what else should I say? Yeah, he's a strong arm. Who cares? Win. But is it win the game or don't lose the game for Stafford? So the question is, was who has mm -hmm. to step up more? To me, I'm with you. Stafford just don't throw pick sixes in the most crucial parts of the game and you won't lose. But you've got the support of Cooper Cup and a defense and all those stars on defense. They won before what pick And well, Sorry? They won before with pick six. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And they, so, so to me, like, the Rams could win if he doesn't have a great game. But Kyler has to have the best game of his season. Mm -hmm. He has to be reminiscent of what we've seen at the best points, his highest part. And he doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins. And James Conner isn't 100%. Their defense hasn't been playing as well. Maybe we get J.J. Watt back and he had some sort of spark. But I need to see Kyler be the guy that – I saw for the better part of the season making play. He has to step up. If he doesn't have a great game, Kyle, they're not going to win. No, it's going to be very tough without Kyler Murray being Superman because that defense is so good. And yeah. to your point, one of the reasons his numbers 
because DeAndre Hopkins isn't there. there. And it's yeah. like, you know, it's like that was his guy. So mm-hmm. Ertz, you look at Antoine Wesley as a step yeah. up, Christian Kirk, AJ Green. It's gonna have to be a collection of guys who might not be number one. They're looked anymore. at as being so young, and then I watch their games and all the passes are going to Ertz and AJ yeah. Green. Like these are the two old guys. You know what I mean? yeah. It's not really like that. So he's gonna have to do a lot. Yeah, Stafford, don't lose the game. Kyler, you have to put the team on your back and win the game. Ian Rappaport joining us now, our NFL Network Insider, on a Monday where we do have super wild card action uh, that wraps up tonight between those Cardinals who have five-time All-Pro pass rusher J.J. Watt back, Mm. right? I know he's not playing on Sunday, but it's Monday night, so he is, right? Yeah, that was some big news when he announced that he was definitely not playing on Sunday, and then he kind of waited and waited (laughs) because we play Monday. So anyway, the Cardinals made a move yesterday. They announced the release of Breon Borders, who is a cornerback who's on their 53-man roster. Usually, with all due respect to uh, Mr. Borders, not that interesting except that cleared a roster spot. And yes, the Arizona Cardinals still have not officially activated J.J. Watt off injured reserve. So presumably, this is going to be the roster spot. All indications are J.J. Watt is going to play today. I would expect him to come in in a sub role, be a little limited, uh, not a full complement of snaps. He is coming off major, major surgery that probably should have had a four to five month recovery. Instead, just two months for J.J. Watt recovering from a torn labrum, from a torn rotator cuff, a torn bicep, and more after badly dislocating his shoulder. J.J. Watt is expected to be back, and this is really wild, guys. I mean, Watt was doing defensive line drills Last week, even before he got out of practice, he got out of practice, no setbacks. As soon as he's officially activated today, we will know for sure, for sure, that he will go tonight. Back on Good Morning Football, we made our picks on Friday. Kyle, Peter, and Kay. We wanted some upsets. I was surprised we didn't get any, Kyle. Yeah, I was too. It's sad that I wanted to pick them. Hey, did you did you go five for five, Kay I Adams? Did. How's that feel? It feels good, but it feels very stressful to keep it going. Like once you get one wrong, it's kind of like, oh, whatever, pick who you want for this final game. But I am, yeah, I'm a perfect five for five. Yeah. Kyle, oh. NFC East did you dirty, huh? Yeah. Terrible. Just absolutely terrible. Some Cowboys six. worthless and the Eagles didn't even show up. <laughs> Yet somehow it's one of the most entertaining divisions it really is. in the it's, game. That's a take. I'll tell you. You've heard that take before. Yes. It's time for Take It to the Bank, presented by Capital One. Can I remain perfect? Can Kyle make up some ground here? Yeah. Super Wild Card Weekend wraps up tonight with a big NFC West battle between the Cardinals and the Rams. It's in Los Angeles. Who do you have winning it tonight, Kyler or Stafford? Can I take none of the above? I really hate picking this game because I think both teams come in limping into this one, and I also think both teams can put together amazing performances. we got to pick one. I think there's going to be a lot of points in this game. Okay. I think both defenses come in hobbling a little bit on the back end. I think Buda Baker is a stud, yeah. but I do think that they can be beaten in the pass game. I think this game, both teams score in the 30s, and when it's all said and done, I think the Rams find a way 37 to 33 in a crazy shootout, and they beat the Cardinals. I've got the Rams winning and advancing and playing Tampa Bay next Saturday in a playoff game, but gosh, I don't feel, or Sunday, I'm sorry, but I don't feel overly confident in my pick. I'll be honest right now. I'm going Rams. Uh-huh. I'm going. McVay and Stafford mm-hmm. over Cliff and Kyler, but both offenses light it up. We get 70 points tonight, Peter. That's I think a 37 to 33, 70-point night. <sighs> okay. We have a luxury that many other programs and many other people don't have when it comes to the Cardinals and the Rams is that we have P. Shrakes. Mm-hmm. P. Shrakes, in addition to being in good with many teams across the league, knows a lot of stuff that goes on with the Cardinals and the Rams. P. Shrakes earlier in the show, if you didn't miss this, said that 37-year-old safety Eric Weddle, who has not played a game in two years, will not only be in uniform for the Rams tonight, 
will be on the field. That's Peter's intel. We'll see if it plays out. I'm sure it will. That seems like kind of a liability in a playoff game. I mean, really, it, it, I'd love to have a beer with Weddle or play golf with him or do whatever, but he's a 37-year-old safety, and I'm trying to find a time ever in NFL history that a 37-year-old safety has been on the field for many snaps in a playoff game. Okay. Terrence Newman, maybe? I, I'm trying to think, too. I, I don't, don't think he was that old. Yeah. I don't. 37 is 37 at the safety. It's almost unheard of in any game, let alone a playoff game. So that seems to be, if you're a, a schematic um, sort of uh, assassin like Cliff Kingsbury prides himself to be, attack, attack, attack. I think the Cardinals are going to win this game. I also think it'll be close. There's so much familiarity between the coaches and the players. But I will go a little bit more low scoring, Peter. I'm going to go 26-23, the Arizona Cardinals, and, this, and the Rams go one and done. I'll take the cards by three tonight. Ooh. We, I, you know, this Arizona Cardinals team, they have to start attacking. They have to keep attacking. And to me, the only way that gives the Arizona Cardinals a chance tonight is, is if Kyler Murray plays his best game ever. you got to run the football. You can't be scared to get hit. Okay. you got to force this Los Angeles Rams team to defend you and your abilities. And then you can make guys better on the outside. I got the Rams winning this one 31-28. I think Stafford throws one interception and loses a fumble. Okay. If he throws two interceptions, they lose. Mm -hmm. That's literally that's, that's how close the game formula. is going to be. And that's the formula for the Los Angeles Rams to win. Um, I just don't believe in the chemistry that Kyler Murray has with his playmakers. Mm. I think they take the L tonight. Mm -hmm. And it's tough. James Conner isn't 100%. They don't have DeAndre Hopkins. They haven't been consistent. A mm. lot of reasons to like Shh. the Rams. I wasn't a great teen. Like, I was always reckless. I always missed curfew. I never got an mm -hmm. Airbnb in conduct. I always got detention or skipped class. And my mom had this scathing line in Polish that she would say to me. Every time I got in trouble, it was Vesh się w garść. And it is this blistering way of saying, get a grip. Get a hold of yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, you're better than this. Like, why aren't you performing to the best of your ability? You could be here and you, like, hang out over here. Vesh się w garść all the time. <laughs> it was crazy. So that's my message to Kyler Murray. Like, this is the game. Game where it's like Veshovgarst, do this, use AJ Green, use the Christian Kirks of the world and get it done. My heart is pulling for the Cardinals play over the Rams. With some urgency, Kyler. Yes. I just want to see him with some emotion. I think I like get going. But I think Kay's pep talk right there might be more than what Kyler and Cliff are giving right now. Yeah. Like they need that. <laughs> Honestly, it's just the emotion is just, and Listen, that right there is more emotion than we've seen on the field. Donna Kelsey, Kelsey went from Tampa Bay to Kansas City. Basha will go all the way from Chicago to need the it. desert. And and she will light a fire under your butt that will get you a college scholarship. Trust me. Veshev Gosh. It's like get your bleep together. Just like get a grip. Yes. But like get a hold of yourself, man. You're better than this. That's what it is. Like get a hold of Veshev yourself. Veshev Peter, can you handicap the Kingsbury McVeigh handshake afterwards? What can oh. you say? It's going to be warm regardless, you but do? I think it's a lot warmer if Sean wins. Is that right? Just say that. I, 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 the Rams, they understand what time it is here. They can't lose in the wild card round. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.